Today's conversation is with Becca Bona, publisher of The Daily Record and the new quarterly magazine, Brewed in Arkansas, which covers Arkansas's craft beers. We did this interview on a gorgeous spring day, a little bit windy, but we were sitting outside at Rebel Kettle in downtown Little Rock. I am not much of a beer drinker anymore, but she gave me some good tips, and I will certainly have to check out all of our local brew spots in Little Rock and beyond. Maybe I'll talk my husband into stopping for a beer after a bike ride. We never do that. I don't know why. But anyway, enjoy the conversation. Cheers. Great. Um, I've been seeing you for years. I was trying to figure out when I interviewed you for the candy stuff. Was that? Oh my God. Was that 2015? So the court fired me in 2015. I opened the candy store in October of 15. Okay. And then I sold it in July of 17. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I saw that. But even before then, I interviewed you. The first time we, I think the first time we talked was when you did a story on Women Lead Arkansas. Yeah. That would have been in 13 yeah. or 14. It was one of my first serious stories at the, at yes. the paper. I just came Thank across you. that recently. Thank you. My mother-in-law gave it to me. Awesome. She found it when she was cleaning or something. She was like, I thought you might want to ha- have and this. And that was and probably before I redesigned too, so. I don't remember, but I feel like you were just kind of getting into, we had a little discussion about your experience being a, a, a pup reporter. What do you call them? <laughs> a kid reporter? A, yeah, I'm, I don't know. We could call it both. Yeah. Well, so let's let's actually get into your background just a little bit. You're from Little Rock, is yes. that right? Born and raised. Okay. And what's your uh, professional background? Okay. That's the fun thing. Uh, so I managed to get a internship when I was... Mm-hmm. 1819 with the Daily Record, um, which is my full-time job now. And that was just, that turned into my full-time job. So really, outside of that, I didn't really have anything that was considered professional career helping and all that yeah. out of Chug Life. As soon as he went to court, it blew and went to go change keg. Dang, <laughs> dang. <laughs> I'll do a white limo. Okay, do you want a big one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But beyond that, like, I didn't even study journalism. I I studied traditional just uh, literary studies at Hendrix, and it was just lucky, I think, that I got into that internship because I discovered I really like talking to people and writing about what they're doing on a hyper-local level. I reached out to Jay Edwards, who you know, Mm -hmm. um, and he ended up being my mentor, and I interviewed with him, and then it just happened to work out, uh, luckily. (laughs) Jay took a liking to me and started teaching me stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like Jay a lot. Yeah, he's a really great guy. He's a really good story storyteller too beyond just the nonfiction facts he can write a really good story I think mm-hmm. like around a business or something like that mm-hmm. and make it interesting are you the publisher now yeah that's your official title yeah so that's kind of interesting too so I worked uh, my first big girl job was with the daily record I started in 2012 I was a business reporter then and I guess in 2014 so a couple years later I was promoted to managing editor which just basically meant I was kind of getting like a, a a stride for finding content that wasn't really being covered the same way in other publications. I mean, because we're, we're just a redheaded stepchild in terms of publishing in this area. So we, we're not directly competing with anyone, but I wanted to provide interesting things. And so I started paying attention to, uh, you know, local stuff and it ended up being food and businesses was where my stride was. But then in 2016, I actually left the Daily Record. I went and did some advertising. I worked for AY for a minute. Um, and then I came back to the Daily Record in 2017 as the publisher. And that was after they did a big change of the way the company's set up. So we're a pretty small staff, like even smaller than before when we were already small. So, And how did that shakeup change the the paper, if it did? Well, yeah, no, that's a good question. So our editorial content has never really had to um, make money just because we're a data publication and we, you know, have that avenue to, you know, make revenue. Uh, but... We turn, uh, this is, I'm sorry, I'm jumping around. We turn 100 in 2025. So we've been around for a very long time, but I like to say our editorial content is about 15 to 20 years new. And in 2017, the owner really wanted it to be directed to just kind of actually have its own standalone arm, as opposed to just, we're still a small staff. Like we can't necessarily do investigative reporting because we don't have the manpower, but, Mm -hmm. or the woman power, I guess. But uh, he wanted it to be more, 
standalone, like something you would pick up that's not just. This thank is what you. I got left. I have a oh. Left, and then if you want another one, we'll bring you the one up. Awesome. Thank Thanks. you. So it, it's 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 not just press releases anymore. It's not just newsletters. We actually try and do original content. We try to be, like I said before, different than what is already being covered and published. Even though there's always overlap. We're right. small. We're a small place. <laughs> so how would you describe the Daily Record? Um. Well, I'm, I guess my first go-to when I talk to people about it is that it's a redheaded stepchild just because we're, we've got affiliates that we um, cater to because we've got uh, business legal information, so real estate uh, boards across central Arkansas in our four core counties. And then also we have that Pulaski County Bar Association legal arm. They've been signed on for a very long time. And then uh, we have UA Little Rock Alumni Association. So we're, we're pulling in information that's relevant to these different groups. And it's, it's just that alone is interesting because we sort of end up being this historical, legal, business editorial arm, I guess. Uh, it's just kind of, you know, we're not a full-blown newspaper like the Democrat Gazette, which has different sections. Like, we would be a section of that newspaper, mm-hmm. I think. Right. That, that's how I think of it in my head. Like the legal notices. <laughs> right, right. And then editorial that hopefully bolsters that and makes sense to those that are using our uh, data for, for their jobs or for whatever mm-hmm. whatever reason. So I um, came to know the Daily Record just in the legal notice context. And as a lawyer, I'll send people to the Daily Record if they have to publish a notice sure. about something, That's a divorce good. or whatever. It's good to hear. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm a fan of the Daily Record. And it's also much less expensive than the Democrat Gazette to advertise. Uh, and so many people who come to me just don't have the money to spend four or $500 on a notice. I think while that's not necessarily... Um, my realm per se and this has been going on way before I ever signed on to the paper I think that was done by design we strive to also really provide good customer service to a lot of the times when people are having to put a notice it's not a good situation mm-hmm. um, and we've heard that we're just a lot easier to deal with we're pretty streamlined because we've we've niched ourselves that way mm-hmm. so it's not like we would offer you legal, legal advice or anything but we have people we can send you to and we have the answers to make sure that we're doing the very best in your you know particular circumstance sure to get you where you need to be yeah Bobby Burton oh yeah uh, he's I've dealt with him a lot and he's just super and um the staff has just been very helpful the whole time I've dealt with them yeah and these days Melissa Miller is is really heading up the public notice side of things and she's awesome she's wonderful she can answer almost any question or connect you with the person that you need to legally be connected with to make Mm -hmm. sure you're golden so it's my impression that um it has really just historically been known as more of a public notice publication right and it sounds like with this sort of new direction you're trying to give it more of a local voice like have its its voice in the community right that's so what's interesting okay the North Little Rock Times is no longer Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure there are other ones that just comes to my mind right away with the four counties so we do Pulaski, Saline, Lone Oak and Faulkner counties and it's just if you look at newspapers and sort of their direction just, just like any other paper, our staff is me. We, I just got a, a new um, business reporter in January, and it's the most exciting thing ever because I've been spinning around in circles for the past year. But what we're trying to do, more even than local, like hyper-local, if someone, like for instance, if, if a Conway High student wins some kind of award with the Arkansas Bar Association, which actually, I think it was, I was just reading a press release about that, and we'll probably follow up with that. Um, we want to cover that in a little bit different of a way than just having a tiny, tiny blurb in the Dim Gazette, just because that's, you know, they have a different model. They're set mm-hmm. up differently. They're covering a lot more ground than we are. But if we go and take time to make that story really a story, um, like talk to the high school student about, I think it was a uh, mock trial. That's what it was. Yeah. And it was Conway High beat Central out. That was kind of interesting. And I don't know. I, I myself have an interest in education, too, so I like to cover that probably just personally. But just take that and make it more of like a profile, more in-depth, even though it's small news. It's amazing the response we get when we do things like that. And not just with education, but local businesses from coffee shops to uh, farmers market circuits. These things that people interact with on a daily basis, getting to know the owners or their the businesses mentality on a really like 1500 word to 2000 word level mm-hmm. versus, you know, a 600 word press release. I think we can put more like humanity into it, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. It does. I like that. And as a 
for sure, small, small business owner, right. um, formerly <laughs> and currently, it is, you know, you're really trying to be a part of the community and provide services or, or goods that, that you think the people want and need, right? And so it can be hard to sort of get the reach you need. And so something like this is really helpful. That's more than just posting on Facebook. Sure. You know, which... Uh, full disclosure, right before I came back in 2017, they redesigned the paper. We used to have two front page stories, and um, it probably wasn't the best use of our front page, per se. Like, if you just saw it, because we do have newsstands across central Arkansas where you can pick up a newspaper for free. But uh, it, you might not be, you might have not been compelled to pick it up just because the design was sort of. I don't want to say archaic because it worked for us, but it just wasn't anything special. Um, so we had a freelance uh, f- uh, designer who used to work for the Daily Record, actually, Ashley Noble, uh, who does great work, uh, redesigned the paper right before I came back with the focus sort of going along with the owner's desire to have us have more of an editorial presence. Mm-hmm. We have this one feature story that's that should have a very compelling front page photo so that even if you don't know what the Daily Record is, you'll pick it up. I'm finding that to be very within the year and a half that we've really been working on that model, kind of amazing. Mm -hmm. People that I would never think know about the Daily Record because they don't necessarily have that legal um, arm attached to it or or they're not a Realtor or a UA Little Rock alumni member. Just random people are are more engaged with what we're doing because we've changed it that way too, if that makes sense. Images are everything. Oh yeah, and then and then you said something about Facebook. Uh, we were we were posting our like PDF design of the front page for a while to get people to like go to the physical copy, which is so interesting. You know, digital the digital world and digital landscape and with publishing and, and news is all sorts of complicated and yes. weird. But I found that that worked for us for a while. And now we have a regular social following. And I wouldn't think that they're mostly already subscribers. It's kind of a, a new world for us, really. Yeah, we could do a whole show on digital marketing oh, yeah. and <laughs> how people get their news. And it's just, you know, every day I think I want off Facebook. Right. I fucking hate it. I, I'm, I'm right there with you, yeah. but I can't because it's no, my job. That's right. I have to be on there too. <laughs> right. And so I try to just limit my time on it and yeah. try to stick with the positive. There I, you go. I hide the people who are, who are like get political, out of my face. crazy yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that is on both sides, but it, it definitely is a place where most people gather mm-hmm. and you know, and so it's it's a necessary evil. That, in my that's mind. what I say all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a necessary evil, and you can't. You're doing yourself a disservice if you're any kind of business, and we're we're technically a business mm-hmm. um, to not be on Facebook. Like if you're a brewery and you're not on Facebook, mm-hmm. you're missing a whole bunch of um, potential customers. Right. <laughs> I go to Facebook to see if something is open that's or what their menu looks with, like. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you have any idea how many female publishers there are in the state? No. Somebody said something to me the other day about that. Um, I was asked to speak at a Society of Professional Journalism, I believe that's SPJ, mm-hmm. um, at their awards because their main speaker backed out at the last minute or something, mm-hmm. or was sick, you know, so, some probably legitimate reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was speaking with some of the um, journalists about that, and I'm, I don't have a list. I bet I could get one, though. Or maybe the Press Association has one. The Arkansas Press Association's a pretty good arm. We're members. Um, they do really great things for our newspapers across the state, but somebody mentioned something about age and gender in my... So being like a young lady, female, woman, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's an anomaly. I don't have numbers, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any... I mean, I'm sure they're out there. It's not something I've actually looked at, but I'll well, try to do some research. There are definitely some for our um, uh, special magazines, mm-hmm. for sure. Yes, that's more that that's more common. But I'm not sure about daily record type. And again, since we're a redheaded stepchild, I don't know. We don't. When we go up in the Arkansas Press Association um, awards that they host every year, we're still considered a daily, even though we print weekly. Mm-hmm. But we're so small, such that we don't end up combating the Dim Gazette. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, definitely like Vicki Vowell. I mean, you know, she's a, a publisher, a woman publisher. And that's what I was thinking. Right. A, a lot of our pretty magazines that... But I still think of the Daily Record as a paper, not a magazine. Right. Well, and I guess I'm just thinking about the fact that we started a special publication. Uh, so Brood in Arkansas is under the, uh, the Daily Record umbrella. And so... 
in that realm, it's like, you know, there's Vicky and I believe a very few other um, ladies, but I don't want to get names incorrect, mm-hmm. uh, that head up things like, you know, Soiree and right. even though technically that's out of a publishing group, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of a... But in terms of newspapers, I'm not sure. Right. I, I was talking with someone about that, so. Yeah, that's a good segue into Bruden, Arkansas, but before uh, before I do get to that, staying with the minority of women in publishing, newspaper publishing, are there observations or experiences that you've had um, that relate to being a woman, a young woman in publishing? Yeah, um, a lot of the time, and I don't, I don't like, I don't talk about it a lot, but uh, I'll get asked by, um, I'll get asked by a certain type, a certain stereotype, which, you know, uh, if they can speak to my publisher or my superior and I'm like you're talking to her you Mm -hmm. know and a lot of times lately when I've been trying to do advertising chats chats with money people want to talk to someone else but like I am it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's that's probably the most um common thing that I run into and once you say that oh I'm the publisher I'm the boss do they um do you feel like they treat you then what I would call normally as if they would anyone? Or is there still some sexism in the conversations? You know, I'd like to say that I would get treated normally after that, but I don't think that's an honest answer. Mm-hmm. There, I definitely think there's still some sexism in it and it's still, I'm just viewed as like a little girl that doesn't know what she's doing. And I mean, I've made myself a force to be reckoned with though. So if you, you know. In what way? Well, if you want to be involved with the paper, you're going to have to deal with me. Like, there's mm-hmm. no going around me. I mean, so. And do people within your organization, your company, do they support that? Oh, for sure. Yeah, so they, everyone's got your back. 100%. Yeah. And like I said, we're a pretty small team. I think altogether there's um, five of us that are in the office regularly. Mm-hmm. And then we have one or two off-site people. But mm-hmm. if you think about that, we're a staff less than 10. Right. So we're all on the same page and... Right. supportive and they're 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 awesome that's good good so. I noticed that you posted one day something about people calling you a sweetheart oh my goodness yes and do you think that that is a southern thing or is that a sexist thing or both well I can see I'm, I'm not trying to be all jumpy on the PC train I'm trying to be very open but in this particular instance it was definitely derogatory mm-hmm. um I, I can like if my grandma calls me sweetheart that's one thing sure but this was a uh I don't want to go into it because said human would probably obviously be able to pick Mm -hmm, it out, but mm -hmm. this was um, a guy very much older than me, and it was said after some things that wouldn't have made it an endearing term. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And it irked me. I don't know why. Like, I've been called all sorts of things that have been like, ah, that was probably sketchy, but this one irked me. Right. Yeah. I know all my friends are calling me sweetheart, you know. (laughs) Of course. That's what I get for that, right? So I have a a friend, Heather Nelson, and she, I did an interview with her and she talked about an experience where they, I think they parted away this with a vendor and... and She's with Seal, right? Yes. Okay, cool. We interviewed her, so I, Heather's awesome. She is awesome. And they, they just really dressed her down, um, and in a, in a very sexist way. And she just took it, uh, not in, um, a doormat way, but like go ahead and get it off your chest Mm -hmm. and then we're moving on. Yeah. Right. And so I react to things very emotionally because it pisses me off. (laughs) Me too. And so, so (laughs) is that something you have to kind of practice or do you just let it fly? I definitely have to do, um, Here's the thing. I think I was explaining this to a couple of friends the other day. If I got upset every time at work, and probably more on the beer side of things uh, than the daily record side of things, although if I were to sit down and make a list, they might be more even than I'm thinking. But if I were to get upset every time there was some kind of uh, sexist slant or some kind of dismissal based on my gender, I wouldn't probably be able to go to work mm-hmm. if I took it seriously and got upset every time. In fact, this is probably, we're in 2019, we're in April. The sweetheart comment is the first thing this year that's really just sent me. Not bad. And that was only like a week ago. So really, that's pretty good. I mean, I'm trying to, to temper myself because one, I don't know if I'd be able to do this work if I let it irk me. Right. Just because, I mean, even though it's 2019, it's still, this is still very much um, a man's world. A lot of writing is, a lot of publishing is. Mm-hmm. Um, not that women aren't there, but women aren't always running it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just still not really widely 
Hmm. I don't want to say something that's too much of a sweeping thing. I guess it seems like in a lot of groups and circles, it's still not widely accepted. Mm -hmm. Um, Although a lot of people are accepting and a lot of people are wonderful and don't ever say any kind of things like that. (laughs) I think we're going through a pretty dramatic and positive change in in the way that humans interact with each other in the gender context. Now it's, you know, it's going to continue to be painful for a while, but I do think that people are coming around and they're being more thoughtful in how they talk to people. So I think that's a good thing. Well, and I guess, I guess my male counterparts that are, that, that, that are around when this happens get more upset than I do. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I tell them, I'm like, you know, if I get upset, I couldn't, can do my work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, I hope they call out the other dudes who are who are doing this. Oh yeah. I think that's important. I think I'm surrounded by uh, good team players. Yeah. On all sides. I was talking to a friend recently, and she is in a um, leadership group, and was told by a male colleague that once she left the room, some other guys started talking about basically what an uppity woman she was and she's opinionated and she doesn't need to talk. And, you know, and it's just like, Deep you're sigh. all in this same group. You are all equals here. Mm-hmm. And plus she's badass. Yeah. I mean, like she is at a high level in her profession and it's just, and so I didn't ask and she may not know, but, but I want to know, well, did her friend say something to them? Like she has every right to express her opinion just the same as you do. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm surrounded by people that would definitely step in and definitely have, and have made comments right back, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's kind of a weird gray area when that doesn't happen. Yeah. It's like, did you not just experience that with me? Right. Yeah. Well, okay. This is okay. We're just doing this now. Yeah. <laughs> I had, and I'll, I'll stop telling stories because there's so many, <laughs> but I was doing a, um, it was like a legal, uh, kind of free event. And I was uh, partnered with a male attorney who I like, I, and I, and I still like him, but the people we were helping one of the, it was a woman and her father and she was pregnant. And he looked at the father and said, oh, when is she due? And I said, hold on. Yeah, wait. <laughs> She's right there. Yeah, just ask her. Why are you asking him? Right. And I know I embarrassed him, but I was so, I was not going to let that pass. And she just kind of gave me a little knowing smirk and didn't say anything. And and I was just like, that. you know, that is some bullshit and that is sexist. <laughs> yeah. I, it, I guess I have a uh, personal Becca meter of when it is too much and I get frustrated. And then I have a certain level of, all right, just, you know, I need to get X, Y, Z done. So I'm just going to focus on being chill, Becca, which is hard to achieve anyway. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is. For but, me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about Brood in Arkansas. So this is a publication of the Daily Record. Yes. And tell me how this came about. Okay. Uh, well, so when I came back to the Daily Record in 2017 with the new ownership and new direction, they really wanted a special publication. And I initially tried to kind of dissuade that. I think that for Arkansas at large, we have plenty of wonderful, well-done publications that are niche and, and broad. And it's, I mean, honestly, if you, like, we're just talking Little Rock, the amount of publishing that we have here, the amount of special publications, and then it's like that, realtors and lawyers. We have plenty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't want to, you know, just sort of fling ourselves out there and, like, crowd up the publishing space, really. I felt like it needed to be something worthwhile, and I didn't really know what I had to bring to the table for something like that, and their response was, okay, all right, but what if you actually had all the resources to do something that you thought we needed? What would that be? Like, sit down, do an exercise, and, like, plan out how you would do a thing, and I I was like, okay, that's fair. So I spent some time, well, I spent more than a year um, thinking on that and, and, and sort of researching and looking, and first of all, the, the main thing I bring to the table is beer. That's kind of funny. Uh, but uh, Greg Henderson at Rock City Eats uh, sort of gave me the opportunity in 2014 to start beer writing. Um, it's, it's funny because I was really trying to explore my photography, specifically food photography. But when we sat down to have a writer's meeting, he wanted to know what I was interested in. And I, I learned how to drink in England. And a lot of that led me to be interested like the country England, not England, Arkansas or anything. I don't know. I've had people ask me that. So I feel like I need to differentiate. Um, but a lot of that sort of experience led me to be interested in the process of, of beer making. And then I, about the time I came home and was old enough to drink over here legally, uh, there was sort of a renaissance happening with, with local 
local craft beer, which combines two of my interests, local and then the beer. Mm -hmm. So he was like, okay, whatever. I don't know if there's really going to be like a following for that, but, but let's, let's get you to do that if that's what you're interested in. Cause he's really good about letting his writers sort of direct their interests when he can. Um, and so it was fun for a while. Like Arkansas times had the eat Arkansas blog, which was very active at the time. And we had some, uh, friendly (laughs) competition going on about writing about beers, which is so funny to think about. But in a way that drummed up also more of an interest in just your typical little rocker, um, about being interested in what our craft beer was then. And then, I mean, anyway, so that's a whole thing, but I have since then made a lot of connections with brewers, owners, everyone in the little rock, so to speak scene. And I started thinking about it. And I mean, in 20, 2012, I think we had, this might not be right, but we had probably about five breweries Mm -hmm. in the state of Arkansas or something like that, something really low. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, up in Northwest, they're a little bit ahead of us. So they started having breweries open. But now we have, depending on how you count, 40 to 47 breweries in the state. So as I was researching, I was like, all right, well, this is probably the one thing I could do and do well and that we might actually even need because it adds, not that our breweries aren't legitimate, but it adds like a level of um, legitimacy to them. Mm -hmm. Like it gives them a forum, a vehicle for information, not necessarily news because we print four times a year. So it's not meant to be like a news vehicle. It's meant to be entertaining content that like spans the line of your of your beer enthusiast, your beer nerd, and then, you know, someone like my mom, who is probably considered a baby boomer and and has always drank, you know, the big beers, but wants to be interested and involved in our scene. And once she kind of knows a little bit about what she's drinking and and the breweries, she's like a super loyal customer. So spanning all that. And then it's also a part Arkansas tourism angle. I've been spending a lot of time with our CBBs across the state, convention and visitors bureaus. And they get these questions often these days where people traveling through, they might not just be in Fayetteville, like maybe they're going to be from Fayetteville to Little Rock as they go through the entire Mm -hmm. state. And so they'll be in Fayetteville and they'll be like, all right, what about Little Rock breweries? Well, that's not their thing necessarily to have all set up. So that's, this is also kind of tapping into that need, which has been growing uh, as beer tourism actually becomes a thing across, you know, the country. It's right. Well, and it does feel like Arkansas has been, although Vino's has been around forever, Sure. you know, so it's not like we haven't had breweries, um, but the culture's changed. The culture has changed. It's become much hipper and, but I still feel like it's behind nationally. I mean, you know, I worked at the Flying Dog Brew Pub when it was in Aspen, Colorado. I have a Flying Dog glass and I don't know where it came from. (laughs) Maybe the saucer. I'm worried it might have come from the saucer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had some t-shirts and uh, it was a really fun place to work. Um, and obviously Denver has the, the Great American Beer Festival sure. or whatever it's called. Yeah, and, and I hear that's fun to go to. Yes, I've heard the same thing. Uh, <laughs> but it does seem like, you know, all these new brewers are, are popping up. And right now we're sitting at Rebel Kettle, which is what, about a year and a half old? Oh, no, they turned three this year. God, has it been that long? Mm-hmm. They've been here? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm just... Uh, and before that, their brand was trickling around enough at events that people were already signed on to this place to open. Okay. There was enough hype behind it. I mean, within certain circles. I mean, you know, that wouldn't have been a thing that my mom would have known about, but mm-hmm. I, I definitely did. I was like counting the days for them to open. Well, so talk about the kind of the birth of a brewery and we can use Rebel Kettle as an example. Like, so does it start in someone's kitchen? Um, well, I guess maybe it starts at least for the Little Rock scene. I don't want to speak to Northwest per se. Um, because, you know, that's not necessarily where my knowledge is. But a lot of the people here that end up being professional brewers are home brewers first. Mm -hmm. And Central Arkansas Fermenters, I believe, has been around for something like 30 years or something cool like that. And if I'm making that up, my bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But they've definitely been around for a long enough time where you've got these, like, maybe old timers that have been brewing beer for a long time, like Josiah Moody, who was at uh, Vino's for a stint and then now uh, has his brand as Moody Brews. So he, like uh, John Lee here, uh, they they homebrewed before they were ever like on a system. Um, Josiah, I believe, had a neighbor teach him how to brew, and then he ended up at Vino's, and I don't really remember the specifics, but, and I don't actually know uh, John, who's the head brewer here, and the the one behind the original Rebel Kettle, like, brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I'm not exactly as familiar with his homebrewing story, but I remember when he started going to festivals, that's probably um, a big driver in at least Little Rock, like uh, Rocktoberfest, which is um, a wonderful uh 
beer festival mm -hmm. has a whole section devoted to homebrewers and you can sign up super easily i believe even if you're not a member of the central arkansas fermenters don't don't quote me if i'm wrong on that but they make it really accessible for people to come out and pour beer and then you and I, as patrons, will go check it out. And so if we catch somebody like Void Cellars, who actually is like a, a fun little homebrew um, brand, and we get some of their beer at this event, we can kind of just start following them, thank you, um, via social media. We're, we're waiting for them to like start a, start a brewery. And um, I think Rebel Kettle got kind of like, they, they got in touch with an investor and then this process sort of just unfolded of going through the process of redoing this building and, and getting their beer garden set up and figuring out what uh, taps they wanted to open with. I, I believe though they kind of went crazy and opened with like maybe 16 of their own beers, which is like wow. a lot for opening, like that's mm -hmm. a lot. But, and every story is different, uh, but it's kind of crazy to think about all around the same time, like late 2014, at the time you had Blue Canoe and Lost 40, and then 2015, Flyway, um, 2016, Rebel Kettle. So it's like this sort of, you know, mm -hmm. progression here of people making that plunge. Right. Yeah. And so and there's Stone's Throw and mm. Core, who's from Northwest, and uh, right. Stone's Throw 40. was 2013. I don't want to not give Stone's Throw love. Yeah. Uh, and they're right by us, and we never go. I'm not really a beer drinker. It makes mm -hmm. me full. Mm -hmm. And so when you say you learned how to drink beer in England, mm -hmm. what does that mean? Well, their beer. Okay. As a 18-year-old, um, my parents have a uh, like a, a couple friend that is from England that relocated here for for various reasons, um, and I, I babysat their child, so like they're very close friends. Um, I remember when I was getting ready to ship off, they warned me, they were like, Becca, beer over there is not like the beer over here. And I think what they meant was essentially their beer is a lot more like craft beer than like Bud Light, Miller Light, even Bud Heavy, because the ABV would be like a lot higher. And I drank those. And what's ABV? Um, alcohol by volume. Oh, okay, so like right, if right. you're like at eight percent as of a, as opposed to like five percent. Right. And you know one eight percent goes a lot longer or further than a five percent. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just I, I didn't necessarily love all of the flavors of the beers over there, but I, that's what I started with. Like I wasn't really doing a lot of drinking before then. I mean, it, not really. Like I know I know kids do that, but also kids don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but it, coming back, like I couldn't really just drink the big beers because I had already Bud Light. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean I guess I will if I absolutely have to but that's like water mm -hmm. but I do tell people I'm glad you said that you're not really a beer drinker because it makes you full I do tell people there is a spectrum of craft beer just like a spectrum of food and I think there's a craft beer for everyone really like mm -hmm. even on the light end of like old style pilsners um, or hefeweizens uh, blondes even if those those are like out there you can get like a session ipa so like you're maybe closer to four percent and it's not as crazy but it's still hoppy so it feels like maybe a seven percent ipa mm -hmm. and then i don't know wine drinkers should probably try sours those are less filling you might like a sour i don't know <laughs> yeah you know i worked at the saucer when it opened oh cool and so i got quite a quite an education then and it oh. was really fun and the saucer is like an institution in little rock it is yes so i i like beer in small doses and i like to taste the different things and like a guinness or a, a young stout or you know something sure. like that that's a whole meal for me it's, and, and so it is, i like the small is. little glasses i dig that you can like here you can get an eight ounce pour i like that breweries are sort of kind of getting into that like not everyone needs like a 12 or 16 ounce of whatever it's like mm -hmm. and then that way you I, I get that i think that's probably too though why there's this like culture around cyclists and people who like climb you know rock climb or, or run like afterwards you go get a beer it's like you can put those calories in there because mm -hmm. you just burn them all off mm -hmm. um and i used to be a very serious runner so i think that also like but i get it it's like it is like eating a meal well, so I, I have run with the hashers a couple of times oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they all drink beer at the end. And I'm like, uh, I do this to exercise. Yeah. I am not like, which is, uh, which is a good, that's a good goal to have. <laughs> right. However, my husband and I bike now and I keep telling him, we need to just like go to a, go have a beer after our People ride. People post up like at Stone's yeah. Throw and Flyway. Mm -hmm. My uh, boyfriend and I, well, I just bought a big girl bike mm -hmm. uh, last year and I'm like really excited to kind of try and take advantage of the river trail and things I've never love it yeah and I'm we're really on it I mean we we don't we're, we're not super crazy hardcore about it but I always try to get like the 20 mile plus uh cycle ride in 
with like two beers after. Like I'm like, oh, can we stop at Flyway? Are we stopping at Fastler? Where are we stopping? Like trying to figure it out because you know I'm motivated by that, I guess. Well, so that's okay. We have Airbnb apartments. Oh, cool. And we're in Soma, which mm-hmm. is just like I mean, you can't beat that neighborhood. Mm-mm. And we have got so many people who come in and they go to the breweries and they, you know, I always say, oh, go to the River Trail. Yeah. You know, use my bike if you want. And Little Rock really has this just so much going on right now. I know it's awesome. I'm it, glad I didn't leave. I thought about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, I never wanted to stay. Yeah. You know, but now I'm glad I'm here. So yeah, we all, need you. <laughs> that's that's what I say to everyone too. I'm like, don't. If you could go, at least come back. So I love this brood in Arkansas because it's just more. I like showing off what we've got going on. Yeah. And with this magazine, are you also trying to, uh, not just Northwest and Central Arkansas, but are you trying to gather, are there a lot of breweries in other areas of the state? Yeah. So um, my writing team, which this wouldn't be possible without them, and they are probably just as passionate, if not more so, and probably definitely more knowledgeable about like our our beer history in the state and sort of the people that have made it happen and, and beer styles than I am. I'm just really passionate about getting it out there. Um, our third issue will be like an around Arkansas issue. And I don't, I don't want to call them rural breweries per se, but if you look at Northwest, there's like 20 some odd breweries that are in a district. If you look at Little Rock, it's similar. We have breweries in a, in a concentrated area. Um, I think there are three breweries in Baxter County, and then there's also breweries in Hot Springs. But besides that, they're kind of like all over. I mean, mm-hmm. Preston Rose is the perfect example because it's literally a brewery on a farm and everyone needs to take the time to go there. It's wonderful and it's awesome. Where um, is it? It's like right outside of Paris. It's like 20 minutes off of I-40. Huh. It is worth it. Okay. But like that will be issue three. Like those breweries will be our focus. Okay. That's cool. I see friends sometimes on Facebook, they go on pie tours, right? Yeah. Where they just go, <laughs> I don't know, wherever the best pies in Arkansas That's are. That's awesome. And it'd be fun to do a, a, a beer tour. Yeah. With a designated driver, sure, of course. Sure, you have to, yes. But yes, most but definitely driving have the to state. have that. Mm-hmm. Arkansas is small enough, you can get most anywhere in a few hours. Right. You know, yeah, at the yeah. most. Yeah. So uh, I want to ask a couple more questions about the magazine itself, but then I want to get back to women and beer. Okay. Uh, no, that's, so, a, that's an interesting one. Yes. With the magazine, what is your, um, I guess, do you have a mission? Okay. That's a good question. My personal goal with this is to get as many people in Arkansas to drink local beer and support local beer as possible, but also to be educated about what local craft beer is. Um, I was talking to Ian and Theron over at Stone Stone. They're about to open a stiff station tap room, which is awesome. And they tell me that they can see from a, from a brewer's standpoint that our palates are shifting. Used to be you had, you could not get by without anything that was a lighter craft beer, which mm-hmm. is, and I'm not, I'm not advocating that we have to have the, the 12% and all that, but I'm just saying that as people are more willing to try what they consider outside of the box beers, the breweries are able to provide us with more interesting things to drink, but they have to walk this line. I guess I'm coming at it um, with an economic sort of lens. They have to walk this line of producing a thing that's, that's sellable that's drinkable to the general population and I feel as the general population is more aware of what's going on and with their beer and what they're drinking they'll be more willing to try the thing that sounds crazy to them Mm -hmm. and I guess I want to push the limits because like you said we are behind if you look at like Asheville and even like Missoula Montana like when, when people tell me that oh I don't think we could support another brewery that makes me laugh for sure we could, but I think we have to have the audience to keep up with it. And that was one of the things that Josiah Moody told me in 2014. And I didn't understand it at the time, but he was like, yeah, we were just going to have to keep pushing the envelope. I get that now. And that's kind of beyond providing entertaining content that sort of uh, encourages readers to become fans of what we already have. It sort of pushes them to hopefully venture outside their comfort zone and and be willing to go along with the brewers because it's more fun for the brewer to make a brute IPA than it is for them to make a blonde Mm -hmm. and we want that we want the creativity just like when you have creativity with food that's more fun right Mm -hmm. so that's I guess that's like a personal mission but it it just kind of flows into the magazine itself and and I think I'm seeing a baby response so far so that's good and if uh, for someone like me who doesn't know a lot about beer about the the, the local breweries mm-hmm. um, I guess a smaller scale how do you do, what, what am I what are the words I'm looking for uh, well, smaller batch or oh uh, um Yes. Um, like the taproom release only beers? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, just right. The more local stuff. How would you, how would you tell me to approach learning about them? Well, 
I think one thing would be good for you to do is potentially go on the Arkansas Brews Cruise, which is in Little Rock, luckily. Um, it's led by a guy who's very beer knowledgeable, and you like learn a lot about what's going on in uh, three, typically three out of the four breweries that are that are like newish. So Lost Forty, Stones Throw, Rebel, and Flyway, um, and that gives you like sort of a, a a nice test taste too. Like they'll give you their limited release stuff, and they'll tell you about the the science behind it. And I feel like that's one way to come in. But then also, if you go to a tap room, I would just suggest getting samples if they do that. If they don't get a light like and just try and some water and a snack Mm -hmm. and then just like try a bunch of the different styles and if there's something you really like ask if you can chat with the brewer or ask the the bartender to tell you more about the beer you're drinking because I feel like if you can catch little tidbits like that that's how you'll Mm -hmm. learn on your own beer journey oh actually I kind of like um browns and I didn't know or maybe I like toasty beers or maybe I really like hops but I don't know which ones I want to learn more about that I think it's kind of specific for everyone but getting in front of the bar manager and the bartenders and even the brewers when they're around, they like to talk about what's going on. It's it's exciting for them for the most part. I mean, I feel like some of them enjoy hiding behind the, the glass walls or whatever, um, but any chance they get to talk about it, it's like talking about their kids. You know, they came up with that recipe. And mm-hmm. Well, when, when Jason and I travel, we'll, uh, not often, but well, I said, you know, I love Rocktown. Yeah, the Rocktown's distillery, awesome. Right? Going on their tour is so much fun. Going on a, a Diamond Bear tour yeah. is so much fun. And when, you, when it becomes personalized yeah you're just so much more likely to be back to my mission too like trying to make it personal so people become fans for life mm-hmm. as opposed to just you know mm-hmm. oh well that's where everyone else wanted to go so we're going to this brewery today you know right right it's really cool it's a lot of fun oh i'm i'm super super passionate about it i know when um uh, patrick opened up blue canoe right and he had a female brewmaster but but he called her something else and i got on to him about the the gender difference do you know what i'm talking about um i'm not sure i don't know i mean i always just talked to laura and was like hey you brew right i i, I feel like too like you can get into some ticky tacky things with brewmaster anyway like not everyone should be called a brewmaster mm-hmm. so but i'm not sure i'm, I'm aware of the the I'll, I'll look it up while we're talking okay so talk about uh, women in, in beer. Okay, well, for instance, if you look at every state that touches Arkansas, they have some form of a beer magazine. Like Tennessee has Tennessee Craft Beer Magazine and et cetera, et cetera. I'm going on this tangent because they have a uh, also a quarterly printing model and, and one issue a year is like the women's issue. In Arkansas right now, we have plenty of women in beer, but not in so much as a way to necessarily fuel an entire magazine. We are still, I guess if you look at our population and, and I mean, we've grown super fast with our breweries, but it's, it's just not, it's not a, um, widely fueled uh, women's uh, area. And I read something, and I think maybe it was Beer Advocate or some national beer magazine, that they put out this like blog post about women in beer and how it can be like a toxic environment. Uh, you know, you remember the beer name a couple years ago, Stripper Sweat. Like, at what point is that okay? You know, that it's... I. <sighs> I get that it's it's fun to name beers really out there, fun, quirky names, and a lot of the times I love that, but, like, you're going to, you got to be aware that, like, you're, a lot of your audience is women. Mm-hmm. Um, my last look at the national beer drinker is a 26-year-old female. You know, the craft beer drinker nationally. Now, in Arkansas, that's going to be different, but mm-hmm. nationally, uh, beer craft beer sales are fueled by a 26-year-old female. So if you think about that and you think about beers being named... Things like stripper sweat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's one. That's one. I just think caveat of, of just thinking of that particular article about um, uh, toxicity or whatnot. But I do see a lot of um, women in, in beer in Arkansas. We have our own brewers. Um, we have uh, definite owners. We have women who are marketing, uh, like involved on a marketing level, and we have plenty of. Uh, home brewers that are women and, and and women that know a lot about beer but I just feel like that it's not we're not there's not enough of us per se currently mm-hmm. and I mean a lot of that is I'm, I'm, a lot of my women friends aren't really necessarily into drinking beer mm-hmm. so I'm not there's nothing wrong with that like I'm not saying that there's something wrong that we don't have as many as I think we could have I think we're growing and I think that you know uh two to five years from now. Like, I think we'll see 
a lot more, but it, it just comes from, I don't know. I don't know what it comes from, but I've never had any personal issues with any of the brewers in Arkansas, any of the, the owners. They're all super open to anyone drinking their beer and being involved. Uh, man, lady, mm-hmm. in between, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a very open environment. And I think... I think a lot of people um, that are on the brewing side or on the ownership side are are very aware that there's this national conversation about, and I'm I'm specifically thinking about that uh, article about like even reps, even reps with distributors or whatnot, women reps. I'm just thinking about like experiences that have been uh, written about nationally in these beer advocate magazines and other magazines about toxicity for women in this industry. And I feel like that that isn't like being combated here just in the fact that a lot of the owners and brewers are aware of it mm-hmm. and not trying to push it the wrong direction, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, I, it, I'm sure it comes from a lot of things. I mean, just culture generally, but also the idea of the beer wench and, you sure. know, it's the women who serve it, the men who make it. Right. Right. And bartenders tend to be men, the knowledgeable ones, the, you know, the, the drink meisters. I mean, I do surprise some people and I kind of love it. I love when someone that I'm talking to, and it's not even really people in the industry. It's like people out in the free wild that right. I meet when they're like, oh yeah, okay. So you drink beer. What do you drink? Like Pilsners. And I'm like, oh, yeah. actually I prefer brute IPAs. And they're like, what? I just, I love that what factor. Um, And I feel like as our scene grows, the more women will get into it. I feel like it's easily accessible. It's easily accessible, but just like the food industry, you can't take anything too personally. Mm -hmm. You just got to go in there and prove that you're capable of being in there. And then then you're fine. Then you're probably like the best part of the system. I don't know. Right. (laughs) I could be biased, but. So I found found the message um, and he called her a Brewster. And so I said, what's the difference between a Brewster and Brewmaster? And he said, female and male. And I said, I don't like it. I don't, <laughs> I said, Why I don't can't she be a master too? But he says, although Brewster seems to have fallen sort of out of favor due to lower numbers of female brewers. And he says, so in Patrick's defense, I mean, he's he's great. She is certainly a master as well. So it was just a I don't a, even a term. know if I've heard that term. I, maybe, maybe it's been like quashed by... Good. You know. Good. I don't even remember that. It's unfortunate that Blue Canoe is no longer with us. I know, I know. It's, what do you think that was? Location? Just, I think a lot of it was internal struggles. Mm -hmm. And if I'm being honest, I think that they never quite really solidified a a quality standpoint Mm -hmm. that they could have. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's always a learning curve on, on any system, on any, you know, situation when you're trying to produce a certain amount of beer to sell out of a tap room. There are so many things that could go wrong, but... Well, and business is hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason so many fail. Yeah. It's really hard. For um, sure. And especially if you're trying to find your footing in an area that is kind of up and coming with all these new breweries and, and businesses and food scene and all of that. Sure. It and I think, I think going back to my point earlier, as our palates change here and we become more educated as beer drinkers, we're not going to accept anything that could have been considered amazing five years ago. Mm-hmm. Because now a lot of the brewers I talk to were like, yeah, we want to increase our, our beer knowledge. We want to increase our beer output, but we want to increase drinking quality craft beer, mm-hmm. good craft beer. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't think that you can exist beneath the standard that we're raising as, as beer drinkers, just mm-hmm. it's across the state, even like Northwest, similar, similar situation. Mm-hmm. So well, it's a lot of fun. It's fun to watch. <laughs> I'd say so. And occasionally be a part of. Yeah. So where can people find the magazine and the Daily Record? Okay, so the Daily Record, um, we have a list of uh, newsstands on our website. Um, Or you can subscribe. I think it's the crazy amount of $20 a year for a paper every week. Um, And then we distribute our content online as well. Uh, Just editorial content for the Daily Record. But Mm -hmm. Brewed in Arkansas is currently in Central Arkansas and Northwest Arkansas. We are expanding to Fort Smith, Jonesboro, Hot Springs, and potentially Texarkana. But our uh, newsstand locations are available online at brewedinarkansas.com. And um, those will probably be changing. But they're up to date online. Right. So. Okay. Cool. I'm very excited. I'm just glad we got to chat today. We're making a new news anything oh. coming up <laughs> our second issue comes out late may so we're probably gonna have a really awesome release party up in northwest arkansas for it and i'm excited uh it looks like we're 
hopefully providing something that people are interested in consuming. And, and, you know, for a lot of the reasons I spoke to earlier, I'm just pumped to get the feedback from from our ever-growing audience. Yes, it's very cool. Um, also, just very quickly, um, mm-hmm. I'm always, um, I always have my eye open for diversity. Mm-hmm. And so not only gender diversity, but uh, people of color. Mm-hmm. And I don't see a lot of people of color in this field. Mm-hmm. Is that, do you notice that as well? Yeah, I wouldn't want to speak to anything outside what my personal experience is, but um, we don't have a lot of uh, diversity outside, like white white people, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Although, it's not like, well, I don't know. That's a whole other conversation. We do have a brewer and owner, um, African-American in Little Rock. And then we also have, up at Bike Rack, uh, Jay Means. I, I believe he's heading up that whole um, system. Used to be in Little Rock. Used to work uh, for Lost 40. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Um, well, who's, it, the, who's the black owner and brewer? Uh, Wendell at uh, Refined Ale. Refined Ale. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll have to look that up. And it's, you know, I, I don't, there's a whole bunch of conversations to be had about why that is, but, um, I, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm, it may not, I'm sure it's something you haven't studied just yet, but <laughs> it's just something I'm always curious about. And when I look at magazines everywhere I go, I always look to see if there's representation. We don't necessarily have a huge pool of, of representation outside of the, the mainstream to pull upon, mm-hmm. I'll say currently. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that changes. Yeah, yeah, I hope but so. But just yeah. what I'm aware of and what I know about with people in our scene, it's not like there's not a whole bunch of group of people who aren't being represented. They're just literally not into the craft beer scene. The scene, mm-hmm. right, yeah. 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 Um, well, I would like to see us all mix and mingle at some point. Sure. So, so yeah. hopefully that will change and grow. But I really appreciate you meeting with oh, me. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. Uh, it's been way too long, but I really enjoy watching you, all the cool things you do on Facebook. Oh, well, so. that's, you know, social media, but thanks. Yeah. Cheers yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Thank you. Awesome.